Thank you, Austin. I love that song. I love that it is more than just that one verse that we just sang at the end. It's just, I don't know, I, I've grown to love that song. I love that it talked about kingdom, which we're talking about on Sunday mornings, and talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is in this place. The kingdom of God is you and me. And the kingdom of God is resting upon each and every one of us. Um, each of you probably, I would assume most people in here, I'm not going to assume that everybody, but probably everybody as you were growing up, at some point or another, were either teased, taunted, mocked, ridiculed, something like that. I, I would assume that most everybody in here at some point or another in their life actually went through something like that. And you may be still going through that if you're younger. Maybe even still going through that if you're older. The question I have for you today, this morning is, how did you respond to that? How did you respond to that teasing, that taunting, that mocking? Now, I know that some people probably just said, hey, you taunted me, you tease me, I'm going to tease you back, I'm going to taunt you back, and if it leads to war, then that's fine. We'll just go at it right here, right now, just put it down, we're going to fight it. We're just, and so that's how you responded. You responded with, if you retaliate at me, I'm going to retaliate back. It's just what I do. Then some of you, probably growing up, responded with, eh, I don't care what they say. You know, it's just kind of like water falling off your back. I don't really care. And people were kind of amazed that you didn't even take their, their bait. And so you just... And the only reason you probably had that self-confidence, that self-esteem, was probably because your parents gave it to you. It was something that was learned when you did that. <clears throat> but for some in here, for some, maybe more than some, for some of you, that taunting, that teasing hit deep in your heart. It's something you haven't forgotten. It's something that you carry with you even to this day. And some of you are probably still dealing with the aftermath of those tauntings, and some of you probably may be dealing with it even now. Last week, we did the scripture in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And if you remember last week, we actually looked at it as kind of a global persecution. Because we talked about the 40 countries, the 40 countries that right now, even today, are persecuting Christians. 40 different countries. And we talked about the idea that if, if I, if you, if we were faced with having to be tortured or denounce Jesus, 
having to be put in prison or denounce Jesus, having to give our lives or denounce Jesus, the question we had last week is, would we? Would we? Could we? Now, Matthew, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10, and then verses 11 through 12, which we'll get to in just a minute. I don't know if you know much about Matthew, but Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew was probably one of the guys that was very used to taunting, very used to mocking, very used to having people talk behind his back. I mean, no one liked tax collectors, especially a Jew that was working with the Romans. They didn't like him. There's a word that I think Matthew, that kind of illustrates Matthew, but it illustrates a lot more about him. And I'm going to do a Hebrew word. It's, it's spelled M-A-M-Z-E-R. I, I thought it was Mamzer. It's actually Mumzer, even though it's M-A-M-Z-E-R. So the Hebrew for that is Mumzer. Mumzer is a word that means a child born from a forbidden relationship. A child born for a forbidden, from a forbidden relationship. Okay? Now we have, we have words for that even in English, but that mumzer is what I believe Matthew probably felt like. Someone who was estranged, someone who was an outcast because it got, it got bigger than just for a and forbidden relationship, a child from that, it actually grew derogatory that people would say it to other people. And I'm sure that Matthew was probably called that as a tax collector. See, it's interesting. It's interesting because Matthew is the one in the Scriptures in the Bible that he actually comes to, and he actually puts those mumsers in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that puts those names in there in the genealogy. See, it's actually Judah and Tamar. Well, Tamar was Judah's daughter-in-law, and that's in the genealogy. And then you have Perez and Zerah, who were twins that were born out of there. Both their names are in the genealogy. Why did Matthew put the Mumsers in there? And then you go down to Solomon. See, Solomon was also a mumser, someone born out of a forbidden relationship. He was a mumser too. And then you have, which people knew, even Jesus. Because many of the people thought he was born out of an illicit relationship as well. And so you see this in the Scriptures. And what you see in Matthew is you see this guy who understands what it's like to be an outcast, understands what it's like to be someone who is on the fringes, understands what it's like to be reviled, understands what it's like to be treated bad. To be treated bad. So, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, 
You see that on the screen. As you see that on the screen, what does it say? Blessed are those. Blessed are those. The reason I didn't do these next two verses is because Jesus changes the pronouns in them. The Beatitudes go from blessed are those who are hungry, blessed are those who are merciful. Okay? It goes from that to, you know, get to this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, Jesus said he saw the crowds, and he saw the crowds. He sat down. He sat down. When he saw the crowds on this mountain, he sat down. When he sat down, it says his disciples came to him. That's chapter 5, verse 1. So, so get the idea. The rabbi sits down. When the rabbi sits down, the Talmudim, the disciples, come and you sit around your rabbi. So they're around the rabbi. They're sitting there on that hillside. He's talking to probably all these other different people, all these people from all. If you look at chapter 4, it tells you where they're all from. They're all from all over the place, and they're coming to hear him speak. And when they come to hear him speak, Jesus turns to his disciples after this verse, and he says this, Blessed are you. Blessed are you, disciples. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. How many of you feel like as Christians, as Christians, we are swimming against the current in our culture today? As Christians. Do you feel like we're trying, we're almost hitting a wall from the culture that's coming at us. It's almost coming at us so fast that we're hitting up against it. And it just seems like we're hitting this culture as Christians and everybody is fighting back against Christianity and pushing it and pushing it to the sides. And we are asked, we are asked as believers, to be the salt of the earth and to be the light of the world. That's what Mike just said right up here. We're to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And one of the struggles I'm having is that in order to do that, our faith has to be public. Our faith has to be public. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid that we have a lot of people who have their private devotionals, their private prayer life, but we're not willing to make our faith public and express ourselves to others. Blessed are you when people revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil falsely against you on my account, Jesus says. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great if you do. 
If you are someone who is expressing their faith, rejoice and be glad. And you're, you are someone that is actually reviled, persecuted. See, in many ways, in many ways, I think Christians are now considered the mumsers of society. We're the ones who are the outcasts. We're the ones who are ostracized. We're the ones who are being pushed to the sidelines. And for you that may, let me just kind of backtrack just a little here. For you that may feel like you're living a life of illegitimacy, that you're living a life that is fraught with people who have called you names and things like that. Let me just say this. Here's, what, here's, the, here's, here's the whole thing about Matthew's gospel. The whole thing about Matthew's gospel is that for those who are illegitimate, there is room in the house of God for you. For anybody that feels outcast, for anybody that feels that they're on the fringe, there is a place for you, there's a home for you, there's a house for you in God's, there's a room for you in God's house. There's a room for you in God's house. See, because those who are legitimate can become legitimate in Jesus Christ. That was the message of Matthew. And the message of Matthew was, look at all of his stories. You just go through and look at the stories and look at the people that he actually chooses to lift up and talk about in those conversations that he has and the stories that he has. Every one of them are mostly outcasts. Every one of them, like Matthew, every one of them, like us in many ways. like us in many ways. So let me encourage you and say this. If you're not being persecuted for righteousness' sake, I think a lot of that is because we're afraid to actually express ourselves to others. And one of the things that I'd like to encourage you and tell you today is that if we are going to be children of God, there's going to be a cost. It will cost us. Some of you are at jobs, and you're at jobs, and you're with people, and you understand this, that doing what's right may not get you to where you need to be because everybody else is doing it the wrong way, and you're striving to be what God wants you to be, and it may cost you. It may cost you in what you have to say. And I think another reason that we have a lot of, uh, that we're not people who are actually Expressing our faith is because of fear. Fear. We're afraid. We fear what's going to happen to us. We fear that. And I would say that every single one of us, I don't care who we are, all of us have a level of fear when it comes to sharing our faith. Agreed? 
Agreed? There's some level of fear that all of us have when we are trying to share our faith. Every single one of us have a level of fear that we have. I want you to listen to this verse from Isaiah chapter 51, verse 7. It says this, Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law, fear not the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at his revilings. Fear not at the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at his revilings. Okay, I know that. I understand that. I understand I'm not supposed to worry about that. But how many of us do? All of us do. And I think another reason that we have fear in our lives, because we don't know God like we ought to know. I don't know how to answer anybody. I don't know how to talk to anybody. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. There's no reason in today's world that we should not know Jesus, his stories, and this Bible, this book, well. How many of us spend so much time on our screens, our phones? We believe that five minutes a day is great for us to know God. But can I encourage you to do more? The reason we're afraid is because a lot of us say we don't know. There's no reason not to know. You've got Bible, if somebody asks you, you've got Bible Gateway out there that's free for everybody. You've got Google. Yeah, you're going to have to sift through a lot of good and bad stuff with that. But all of us have the ability to know. And see, if we're not going to be people who are expressing our faith, we'll never see persecution in our lives. And you say, but what's wrong with not having persecution in your life? I, can we go back to that slide, the next slide before? Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my re account. Rejoice and be glad for what? For what? For your what? Your reward is great. I don't know about you, but I want that reward. Don't you? I want the reward of heaven. I want to be in his presence. I want his power upon me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. I want to be in his presence one day. And it means, it means that there's going to be some things that I'm going to have to do, that just, just talking to my neighbor and inviting them. Some of you are bringers and includers. Just, just say, hey, can you come with me? Awesome, wonderful. And some of you are people that love to talk to other people. All of us have a role in God's kingdom. All of us have a role in God's kingdom. Each of us can express ourselves in a way that we are sharing our faith with others. Because when we share in his glory, we also have to share in his pain. Look at this next verse from 1 Peter chapter 4. And understand that Peter understood this. Peter is the only one that I'm going to use for the rest of the sermon. And the reason that we use Peter is because Peter did what? He denied Jesus three times. Why? 
because he was afraid, because he was concerned. It's not like this is something that we know. Every single one of us struggle with this. I struggle with this. I struggle with my neighbors. On my right is a Hispanic family. Four kids. He doesn't speak any English. The other day he was out doing a shed. He was trying to put just the rooftop on with a six-foot ladder, and he's on the top, the top step of that six-foot ladder. I yell at him because I'm seeing him. I go outside and I get up on the fence. I say, hey, hey, what are you doing? He doesn't understand a word I'm saying. Okay? I say, I have an extension ladder for you. I'm not using it. Come over here and borrow it. Extension? Extension? So he still has my ladder. It's okay. He's still working on that. It's been like two months ago. It's all right. I'm not getting up on the ladder because I've had problems with ladders. That is going to be difficult to break past that barrier with them. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Neighbor on the left side, great, great little family, have three kids now. He and I are doing the fence together. They came to the watermelon thing the other night. Neat little family. See, we're praying. We're praying. We're praying. Our neighborhood prayers are to pray for those right around us that we don't really know that, we, that need God. That need God. And so Peter understood what it means to share his faith and to be someone that also denied Christ. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of God rests upon you. The Spirit of God rests upon you. I wish we had, I wish, I wish we had this uh, vision, this perspective, that we could actually see God working in our lives. I mean, you know, just kind of, pull out the little things that you go like this and just click and you see the little things go around. I forget what those are called. But I remember, you know, you remember, some of you don't remember those. Anyway, back when, so those little things that we had that you could see, I wish we could see God in our lives like, like he is. We see God in history, don't we? Don't we see how God has worked through history even now, even here? Do we, have, do we have that perspective in our own life? Because if we had that perspective in our own life, if we had that perspective that we knew exactly that Jesus was in our lives and working in our lives, would it change us? Would it make us different? That you knew that God was in, in your life and that his spirit rests upon you, that his spirit is upon you, helping you, walking with you, ho uh, holding your hand as you go do these things? Would that make a difference? I think it would. 
I think it would in our lives. I think it would make a huge difference in our lives. Because then I know that the power of God is with me when I go over and talk to my neighbor. When I go over and talk to George across the street. When I go over and talk to Andrew over there, just right over there. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Do not repay evil for evil, for reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Have you noticed that sometimes, have you noticed that sometimes uh, people don't like the way you actually live your life? They don't actually like the way you live your life? I mean, and that's really the reason why a lot of times you're maligned. So listen, listen to this verse. It's from 1 Peter again. From, t- from the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised that you do not join them in all of that stuff, in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. They malign you. They malign you because your life, you're not going to join in with them. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. When people revile you, when people persecute you, when people utter all kinds of things and evil against you on account of me. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. See, one of the things that we have to do, and this is the last thing I've got, this one thing that we have to do is we have to leave whatever happens to our lives, whether it's good or bad, we have to leave it in God's hand. If it were something that somebody did to you, leave it in God's hand to judge that. Let God judge it. Our problem is, is we want to be the judge. We want to go after people. We want to harm them. We want to do, we want to revile. We want to go get right back at them and come right back when something is wronged us. We want to go after them. We want to do that. And Peter says this, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return, talking about Jesus. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued to entrust himself to him who judges justly. What if, what if we could see our God in our history? What if you could see God in your history? You saw where he intervened. You saw where he came in. You saw it in your life. You saw it in every place. You saw it where he intervened in your life. He intervened. And you could see the sovereign power of God working in your life. What if, what if somebody taunts you and ridicules you, what or how are you going to respond? What if instead of getting mad, instead of getting upset, instead of writing it down, instead of throwing it on 
some social media, instead of doing all of that, what if, what if, instead of taunting, instead of mocking, instead of returning evil for evil, what if we blessed? What if we loved our neighbor as ourself? What if? What if we did that? Blessed are you, Lake Homa. Blessed are you, Lake Homa. Blessed are you when people revile you. Blessed are you, Lake Homa, when they persecute you. Blessed are you, Lake Homa, when they utter all kinds of evil against you on account of Christ's name. We need to rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. For Lake Homa, great is your reward in heaven. Let's stand and sing.